1: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, RyderCat, and you can find me at RyderCat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBcaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way and the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in brooklyn one agent underscore 70 on twitter and instagram
0: what's up everybody co-hosting from the borough of kings we're going a little old school tonight now sleep to brooklyn
1: yes and you can find this here podcast on the Coastal podcast network that's espn.us do it today you can also find us on your podcast for a place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page.
0: Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts.
1: Indeed. Uh, you could also find us recording every Thursday night, uh, mostly every Thursday night. Excuse me, on the YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's YouTube.com/slash/the Click Nation and Twitch.tv/slash/ComicBookChronicles. Again, please hit like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you will know when
0: we are live recording and broadcasting.
1: Um. All right, folks. We are going to get uh right on into the dealings here while whatever page this is is loading up uh we're going to start off with books uh with um it's not a surprise because we don't normally start off with the book but uh invincible iron man number seven is what we're going to start off with
0: Right, and there is a specific reason why we chose this of two books to start our conversation tonight with. Invincible Iron Man number no. 7 is written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Juan Frigueri, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by our favorite, super active, super busy lettering paisan, V.C.'s Joe Caramagna. We pick up essentially right where we left off. And if you haven't figured this out yet, the Invincible Iron Man book is crossing over into the X-Men corner of the Marvel universe because guess what? Fei Long, not the character from Street Fighter, but Fei Long from the X-Men, no, the adversary of the X-Men, the businessman has uh, essentially bought out Stark industries. And, Tony Stark is, is seeing his technology, once again, being used for no good. And he's looking to try to stop that. And that is the crux. That is the point of this issue. And he and James Rhodey Rhodes are trying to do just that. Stop all of the bad things that might happen when Stark tech and Sentinel tech from the late Trask family meet.
1: And things don't exactly end well. And I'll leave Roddy Cat to pick it up from there. Yeah, I was about to say spoiler alert. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily go that way, as we will find uh, out in the next book, or even at the end of this book, which we won't spoil, but you'll understand what we're talking about when we get there. Um, I, I, there was a, a nice little note that I, um, that I hadn't thought about in a minute, because as you're going through this issue, you kind of see things play out. And you kind of think they're going one... I mean, you you kind of think they're happening one way until you see get to this one panel. It's like, oh, okay. So that wasn't who we thought that was, um, you know, uh, going through the motions at first. Right. Uh, so, and there was a... In, in the particular uh, conversation that ensues uh, in the midst of that, we find that um, Tony is not the one in the, in the red and gold armor um, uh, at at the moment, and there was a nice little note that was like, "Yeah, I hadn't been in these colors in a, in a minute." Uh, from from the aforementioned Rody, I'm like, you know what? It's right. <laughs> that is completely right. Because ever since uh, that that um almost fatal incident, uh, way too long ago, right? Well, been...
0: depends. I was about to. Say, it all depends on perspective. Way too long ago for us,
1: not so long ago for them. Well, I mean, I don't know. It was still some time for them too, though. Like we don't sure. know how long. That's the thing, because that you, you would say the timeline. Really
0: time exactly, <laughs> but it but
1: it definitely has been some some significant time. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: a um, decent amount
1: of time at least. right? So, but it was like, okay, that's that's funny. And of course, you know, um, as the time the, those similar times would uh, would convey, there is another new armor that get, comes in the mix. Although, excuse me. An old, uh, a new version of an old armor, I guess you could say, with a, with a, with a, right. a c- couple of new stolen tricks, or at least one stolen trick from um, someone who we might actually talk about a little bit later. <laughs> so. Yep, 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 yep. At least, at least an homage to that trick. Exactly. But yeah, I enjoyed this issue it was like, you know, outside of the fact that, um, you know, things didn't kind of work out and there was a nice little what I thought to be a biggie reference um that happened which I guess probably should have clued me into something but you you wouldn't have never thought about it based on what was going on what know? was the big reference um um kicking in the door <laughs> oh my god now I got to look this up
0: now I got to see it I mean, uh, he, it
1: is not. It is not as specifically a, a big reference, but when he's, but he does say something about kicking in the door, and that just kind of put me. There. Oh,
0: I see, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, I see. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's, like it doesn't.
1: It's not like it's not like the line is kind of delivered with the same kind right. of. Gotcha, gotcha, but basically, gotcha. what's going on and what he's what he's got in his hands when he's kicking in the door kind of put me kind of kind of put it in mind for me. Right. 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 I understand. So. But yeah, like I said, it was a good issue um, all the way around. But we also find out, since we can go, I guess we can go to the, the next uh, book. Um, as you said, things don't work out the way, uh, the, the way they had planned it out. Because we couldn't find out from the end of that book that, well, that tech is kind of already out there. And that's exactly. Really, it's and
0: been, I was about to say, it's been out there, apparently, unbeknownst exactly. to Tony. He is basically a step behind.
1: Exactly. And, which brings us to X-Men number 23. Right. In X-Men 23, also written by Jerry Duggan. So it makes all the
0: sense in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is art supplied by Joshua Kassara. Colors are by D. Cuniff. And letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So as we said, the... Uh, the efforts of Rody and Tony are essentially in vain. Although there is some success in their mission, they do you know like they do admit that in the book that uh, you know there was that uh, the the efforts of Orcus and the bad guys have been hindered somewhat by what Tony and Rody were able to achieve. But they have been producing these uh, amalgam hybrid monstrosities and one of them, just one of them is unleashed against the X-Men after uh, you know, some some some, uh, some serious effort on the part of the main X-Men team they're right. finally able to deal with it, but uh, things are not easy
1: not only that, but we come to find out that uh, you can cue Akbar on this say again? I said, I said, we also found out during the course of this that you can also cue Akbar because it indeed is a trap.
0: Oh, that's right. I was about to say, i was like, you should have said, have you said Admiral Akbar? Oh, well. I, right. Like, just in my head, I was just like, who? Oh. <laughs> uh, well, because, of course, it's a trap.
1: And, and there will be a couple of times tonight in some books where that uh sound effect will. <laughs> will be necessary.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So you know what's what what's what, what was fun about this issue. I wanted to add very quickly at the beginning is that we get. I don't know if this had been revealed in other books, but
1: we finally figure out what the deal is with Mother Righteous. I don't think so either because I have it in my notes. It was like, wait, that was that was the thing, right? So I was kind of glad they revealed that here, right? You know, yeah. kind of in the main X book. Not I hate to say this, not in one of the other X books. I assumed that this was I, because I thought I, I, I thought about that same thing. But I also was like, wait, was this something that came out in Sins of Sinister that I just didn't that I didn't get around to? But I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either, to
0: be honest. Right. But I did not read all of the issues of Sins of Sinister, so we same. may both be, uh,
1: uh, uh, we may both have missed out on that. Right. But otherwise, that we kind of get, you know, there's a couple of, like, as they're going through this, a couple of things we notice, uh, such as uh, Cyclops is back in the 90s gear or a version of the 90s gear. Right. Because uh, I having, cause I had read, uh, I actually read this and the last couple of issues trying to catch back up because I had totally lost the thread on what was going on since since the Sinister. So mm-hmm. it was like, so I read those three books and I was like, wait, so he went back to. Um, asshole um, psych in the last issue. (laughs) Now he's back to 90s psych. Oh, actually, he's still kind of asshole psych, given some of the things he's been doing lately. But regardless, he went back to the 90s gear in this one, so I'm like, okay, he's he's been doing some quick changes. (laughs) Right, 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 right. So...
0: And also, at the end, uh, did we mention at the end of this issue, it ties into the events of last week's
1: Amazing Spider-Man? We didn't say that here, but we said that we were talking in pre-show. Yes, in the pre-production meeting. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I was kind of surprised that 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 was the case so soon. Which, like I said, like I was telling Agent 7, is like, yeah, we know they're talking to each other. So I'm sure everybody's, you know, abreast and kind of had time to uh, do whatever they're going to do. Prior to this, right, right, uh, and we all know that the events of Amazing
0: Twenty Six were editorially determined. So,
1: you know, it's fair to say that there was some coordination involved. Moving forward, and as Agent Seventy said before the show, like yeah, they wanted to kind of try to also try to get this out of the way before the Hellfire Gala. Which, Mm -hmm. if some of the stuff we've been kind of seeing. Or at least one or two of the things that we've been seeing in, uh, as we were talking in the back channel is going to be actual case or just maybe just, you know, coincidence. You know, we may see something happening there or around there in relation. We or, don't know. or soon after leading right. up to November.
0: Right. Right. And it's, you know, what's, you know what, the calendar jumped up. It didn't bite me today, but I definitely felt the calendar today thinking of how quickly the years passed where we're
1: essentially halfway through now it's june yep yes it is the time for gaming folks and oh i mean also pride month obviously but and black black music month but but also yeah it's time of year where games get announced uh, for the next year or so so that's the, the thing that is currently going on as we're recording right <laughs> and during kinda, the whole weekend, right it's just kind of crazy that we're in june now mm-hmm. and of course con season for for you know to to keep it uh, yeah i was about to say right? tickets
0: for new york comic-con go on sale this weekend uh-huh. for fan verified the uh the, i think last weekend was for like the people
1: who paid extra money to get like first dibs right right and wait in san diego is next month i can't remember the date though yeah, July something. But right, I can't remember the uh, date though.
0: But yeah, either way. New York Comic Con tickets go on sale. Right. And that's a big deal for
1: uh, myself and friends of the show. Indeed, indeed. But back to the books. Uh, yeah, X-Men was a, was a pretty straightforward uh, issue. Um, and there was a couple other uh, X-Books that I didn't get a chance to get to, but I know Agent 7 will be talking about in Rapid Fire. So. Mm-hmm. Um. So we're going we're gonna to go with one or two more books? Sure, sure. How about we uh, skip over
0: to uh, something that was a little more straightforward, if, you, hmm. if, 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 uh, if that's fair to say. Sure. Spider-Man number 9. It's written by Dan Slott, with pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by John Dell, colors by Ed- Edgar Delgado, and letters by, again... Our favorite, busy, lettering Paisan, VCs Joe Caramagna. I will just very briefly say that this issue is kind of a nice uh, departure from what's going on over in Amazing. And I will let Roddy Cat pick it up from that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's fair. Um, so as we found out last issue, Peter... You know, well, actually, we found out a couple of people didn't think things through. But Peter, as we found out last issue, didn't think things through when he tried to once, uh, as said in this issue, once again tried to bump up his powers, uh, and now, well, bump up a power, a, a subset of his powers, I should say, um, and now that's in overload. Um, and seriously,
0: well, you know what he did? Pardon my, pardon my interruption. He basically did what Rakim said. He pumped up the volume but on his on his spider sense
1: or yes or in the fast parlance he 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 uh he hit the nos. <laughs> so. oh boy Which, speaking of that was that was a part of this issue that was kind of that bugged me for about 2 seconds but but it even though it got explained uh, a few seconds later but it still kind of bugged me um Nevertheless, the, the, there was another part that kind of got me in that um, while Peter, with his amped-up powers, you know, was basically trying to um, stop each and every, any and every bit of crime imaginable in the in the city, there was one in particular in this issue that was kind of uh, well actually there was a couple of ones kind of amusing uh, because it was kind of punchy. But one of the uh, one of the ones had to do with uh, these two dudes fighting over. Um, I'm going to. I don't know if it was tabletop or if it was. Um. Or I assume this is probably like a uh, MMO situation that they were that they were fighting over. Yeah, started. that was funny. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that part. I was like, yeah, he and yes, the dude was wrong. Cleric should have healed instead of being greedy. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, that's some uh, that's some
0: gaming stuff. Yes, you know, that's a little. Uh, You know, like I have all sorts of, you know, sound effects I could use for that. A little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of that and there's a little bit of,
1: and a little bit of,
0: what you, talking about?
1: you know, oh, you know what it is. You, you, it's, it's tabletop I, gaming i uh, pure to sure. Right. You know it's adapted, deal. right? It's adapted from Dungeons and
0: Dragons. So that's my only frame of reference. I get it. Right. But
1: also, uh, <laughs> but while this is going on, Electro um you know was doing his, his big heist things and he didn't think things through with that. But both of those situations end up coming together near the end of this issue. Uh just to kinda get it along line. Now the, the part that kinda bugged me was that um uh bef- before the, the family dinner that was had that, that uh apparently uh uh Norman Osborn crashed um, right, he, I'm like, wait a second. That's not Thanksgiving. Why on earth does
0: anybody need? Why does anyone need cranberries at that point?
1: Right, I thought about that too. It's like, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love cranberry sauce, but that's like, yeah, that's a little, you know, it's situational and and yes. seasonal more 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 so than not. But I'm like, okay, sure. You know, it's Norman Osborn. What do you what do he know? He's he's, he's kind of out of touch with a lot of things as as, as he. Uh, as is as shown by his uh, what he says as he comes in. Sure, but sure. Before, I just thought it was hysterical. Yeah, I, I was, was like, seriously? Like, right. But it was like before that when um, there was a, a when when Peter was kind of going through the motions and Norman kind of came along. I'm like, how in the world did Peter not know before that? I'm not going to spoil what happens, but I'm like, they. There is a there is a an explanation, but the explanation doesn't make sense, given that usually the way Peter's powers work is kind of before things happen. Right. So I'm like, how in the world did that happen? But but there's of course, there's an explanation to that that is that's probably just like he didn't probably see Norman as a threat. I don't know.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And he wasn't at that point.
1: Well, true. He was and wasn't. But, you know. Yeah. So yeah, but that was like, I said, that, that kind of bugged me for like two seconds, but but I kind of let that go because again, like I said, I even, it was already logic out by the time we got to the next page. <laughs> but otherwise that, it was a, a as Agent just said, a good straightforward issue, you know, uh, and we even got a little bit more on that Spider-Boy character, which we still don't know a whole ton about, uh, that I assume we're going to find out a little bit more about soon but you know, right now it's just kind of there So, and I assume it's going to have something to do with how the situation gets uh, dealt with so we'll see uh, so I guess the last one unless you got something else so, oh yeah and there was that whole conversation with with uh, J. Jonah Jameson and Norman but we don't need to go into all of that but I thought that was like huh what else could be going on with that like I get it. It's like, yeah, sure. They, they they're they, share
0: yeah, I was about to say they have a secret. Right. And they share it, you know? Right. They and are
1: they, the secret keepers. And they've referenced uh, a footnote there it was like, I don't remember that, but okay, sure. <laughs> let you have that one. But anywho's, we're gonna push on to the next book and uh, I guess the last book that we have in common. Uh Fantastic Four number eight.
0: Fantastic Four number eight is written by Ryan North with art by Ivan Fiorelli, colors by Jesus Aburtov, and letters again by our favorite busy lettering paisan VCs, Joe Caramagna. So this is, I guess, a departure from where the FF book has been. But in a sense, they are on the run, sort of. They're resettling, sort of. And basically they have found themselves in the thick of yet another kind of supernatural, you know, kind of weird situation where things are not what they seem, nor are situations in small towns what they seem. Right. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a remix on that, you know, it's like Diddy and, uh, and, and and some other producers got a hold of that story
1: <laughs> right and uh, what, from what I've read this is the start of a three issue mini arc so uh, so they're just basically taking a, taking a break from the main story to kind of to, to, to do with this so the, the stranger thing about this not well I guess the story in itself was kind of strange in itself it was like wait didn't they already do something similar to this in the, in the start of this volume but okay we, we' you know keep keep the things going uh there is a certain variant cover which uh if you're watching the video version that kind of got me excited uh for a potential thing that happened but but uh I don't think has anything to do with uh what's going to happen in this arc. if it does that'll be amusing um um because this character only shows up for annuals and or has only shown up for annuals and you know classic shenanigans let's just say right uh and if you're watching the video version you see the the cover that i'm speaking of right now as i put up another cover that is different uh but yeah overall it, it was a good, um, it's a good issue so far. I I love the fact that, well, Sue gets to see how the Walmart crowd has to deal with, uh, the lines also. Because mm. it was like, because I was watch because I was reading that, I was like, yeah, I see that pretty much every week I go to, every other week that I go to the store. So, you know, that's nothing. <laughs> no. Clearly, you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, but, you know. Some Suburban us, like, living. I mean, yeah. You know, like, the most suburban
0: i uh, the most suburban experience I have is at Target, right? We do have like urban targets here in the city, but um, you know, it's every once in a while we get that whole like one registers open and a, everything else is self checkout. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. every once in a while,
1: but yeah, but Target's the usually pretty the good place. about that,
0: right? That's the closest it gets. You know, right. Walmart and all the other big stores. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not. Uh, a uh, a member of those Costco type clubs, so
1: I am, and yeah, it does happen there, but yeah you know, but um but usually things kind of flow yeah unless it's like say, were stuff.
0: you getting were you getting job the Hut vibes or Pizza the Hut vibes
1: from the character yeah, from the character you know what now that you say that and looking at the cover i yeah, I can kind of see it. But I didn't but I wasn't thinking about they're it.
0: They're uh, carrying you know. they're carrying her around and I was surprised that it was a her. But yeah, they were
1: carrying her around, you know, on a platform. Right. Actually, you know what? I didn't pick up on the fact that it was a her. Because now not. I think about something that was just said, again, I guess that's true. Although but it still doesn't make any sense because it was like I was reading that part and I was like, wait, what well, then that doesn't make any sense if so and so can remember these people. But anyway regardless of that um yeah i i don't know it was weird but like i said I, I thought there was something else involved and maybe there could very well still be but like we don't know that because like the first issue of three arc uh the sure. issue arc. so we'll see what happens with that or if it just ends up being just that <laughs> and they're just kind of biding their time for it to uh to get right to the main story stuff Right, right, right. right.
0: Okay. So that covers basically four books that we have in common. Now Mm -hmm. we're going to get into all of the other books that we read this week. And I'm going to spin up the minigun because both of us read a lot of books this week, folks. There was a lot of content uh, provided by the publishers this week. You know, post it's the first week after a holiday week. So that makes some sense. So... Allow me to spin up the minigun for rapid fire comic book reviews.
1: I ain't got time to bleed.
0: First up, we have Batman number one thirty-six. It's written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Belen Ortega, colors by Tomo Mori, and letters by Clayton Cowles. There's a backup story where it is, which is also written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Jorge Corona, colors by Ivan Placencia, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Again, uh, not hanging out with VC because that's a Marvel exclusive contract. Bottom line here is that we're coming off of this whole, you know, failsafe, you know, stuff and time travel shenanigans or alternate dimension shenanigans, and this is a Darsky's way of resetting things, but still carrying that whole failsafe stuff forward. Uh, that's essentially what happens in this issue, and we have an explanation as to how failsafe comes about uh, in the main story as well as the backup story. Next up is Ambassadors number six of six from Image. This is written by Mark Miller with art by Mateo Scalera, colors by Lee Luffridge, and letters by Clem Robbins. So let me tell you this. It's obvi- it was obvious from the start that this is the first six-issue arc of a longer story. What I did not expect was that there would be some level of, I don't want to say finality, but some level of closure at the end of the six-issue arc, and I was very much surprised that Miller put that in to this issue. This is very much a slugfest in um, very uh, you know pure superhero terms. What they do let spill though at the end is that the Miller World, you know, uh, books are all going to have a big crossover coming out of this i guess ambassadors is the last of the books and now all of the miller world books are going to have a crossover so be on the lookout for that i don't know if i'll be reading all that but i definitely did enjoy this ambassadors
1: miniseries there's only six of them and it was wor- it's worth reading i think um i i not say we may or may not have to- we may have talked about that in passing that, that whole crossover thing um, i can't remember though sure it was it, it was
0: it was somewhat new to me but then because we alternate news sometimes sometimes we remember best the ones that we read out loud. <laughs> Next up is Captain America Sentinel of Liberty number 13 it's written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly former guests of the Comic Book Chronicles. Art is by Alina Aerofiva, colors are by Nolan Woodard and letters are by our favorite busy lettering paison VC's Joe Caramagna. We continue the Dimension Z story silliness uh the white wolf gets very literal and you know i i I still take issue with how they are portraying steve rogers in this it is very clear that they are doing a little bit of mcuification and bringing sam wilson more to the forefront as the prime captain america in the 616 comic book universe but they're not doing it the way i think they should be doing it which is kind of what they're doing in the movies which is making Sam Wilson, a different style of Captain America. Uh, they're making him a little bit too much on par physically with Steve Rogers in this, and I'm a little uncomfortable with that, and you know, I just, I, I, I fold in our conversation when T'Challa and uh, Sam Wilson had it out, and and Sam Wilson somehow was at least on equal footing with him, and neither, of, neither myself nor Roddy Cat were like, wait, you know, we were both Kind of in shock. So that's my biggest problem with this, but you know what? I'll wait to see what happens. We're up to now the Omega issue of this Cold War stuff, and that's going to be coming out soon. Next up is Daredevil number 12. It's written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Marco Cacchetto, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. My understanding is that this Daredevil run is about to end. We have maybe two issues left, and... This issue has some really interesting homages and callbacks, uh, especially in uh, between Daredevil and Electro. It ends in a very weird place with some you know, there have been some very supernatural things happening in the pages of Daredevil and the Punisher. and uh, you know it's it's weird to see, you know it, it doesn't necessarily mix well, but then when you're dealing with the hand and, um, uh, uh so, some of the supernatural things that are involved with uh, the hand and dark magic, I guess it's bound to come about, you know, and that it's it's always been kind of in the background of the Daredevil run that Zdarsky's put together. And I guess I'm just uncomfortable with it, but it it's not exactly foreign to the pages of Daredevil. Uh, you know, this is, you know what? if if it floats your boat, that's okay. I don't know if I'm going to be all that satisfied when this run is over. Next up is Immortal X-Men number 12. It's written by Kieron Gillen with art by Lucas Verneck, colors by David Curiel, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Um, Immortal X-Men number 12 has some interesting tie-ins to stuff that's been happening in X-Force because specifically it deals with one piotr resputin otherwise known as colossus we all know he is not right because things that happened in the pages of x-force are now coming to bear in the pages of immortal x-men as colossus sits on the quiet council and things are going on and not all of it is good and all of this d- is definitely a precursor to the fall of
1: x I kind of hate what Last, they're doing with that character, and as they've done with like other characters, like Beast. But yep, yeah, yeah. Just... But at least they explained this,
0: right? Right. This one is definitely explained. The Beast one is kind of not. Like I said, it's the it's the it's the dark Beast light story mm-hmm. that we're getting with Beast right now. This one is definitely far more straightforward because Peter
1: is not in control of his own actions. Right, and it had been going on and had been like that for a minute because I think the whole X-Force thing has been started started a while ago. Yes!
0: Sometime last year even, Mm -hmm. if not longer. If not longer. It's been going on for a while. Mm -hmm. So, it is finally coming to root and roost. So, ultimately, we will see how that plays out in and around the fall of X storyline. Finally, we have X Men Before the Fall, Mutant First Strike Number One. It's written by Steve Orlando with art by Valentina Pinti, colors by Frank William, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. This is exactly what it says it is in the title: an opening salvo by Orcus and the and and, and uh, the Allied forces against the X Men, um, against you know uh, you know basically against the idea of. Krakoa and mutandum and you know, the prominence that uh, Krakoa has achieved in the world's eye and on the world stage. And this is unfortunately, if you are well read in, if you are well read enough in the, uh, uh, in the sense of having read Marvel comics, going back to civil war, there are echoes of civil war in the pages of this
1: book. And that's right. it for me. Wait, does this have to do with the um with the with the stuff? Because I felt like no. Oh, it's not that stuff. Okay. No, but when you when you even if you just skim through it, you will see echoes Got of it. civil war. Okay, because at first, because as I told you before the show, I've been reading X Men. I've uh, been catching up on X Men. I just this was X Men, and that I was, I was under the impression that this book. Was alluded to from one of the letter, you know, the initial letter pages uh, from I Mm -hmm. think last issue or something, but I guess not. No, no, no.
0: But you can see, you know, like like Mm -hmm. I said, ultimately there has to be, you know, we won't say it's a tipping point, but it's definitely the first salvo. It's it's a first strike. It's the first salvo in a war.
1: Gotcha. Or not Lotus Pages, um, the um, uh, exposition pages, basically, but yeah, anyway. Alright, so, uh, I guess that's it for you. Yep. Uh, we'll go into the... We're going to hit the stars, folks. Um, and the first one we go into is Star Trek Defiance, number four. Uh, written by... Christopher Cantwell, with art by Angel uh, Nzueta, uh colors by Marissa Louise, and letters by Clayton Cowles, not with V.C., because this is away from Marvel. Um, I'm just going to read off my notes here. You ever see a Klingon? You ever see a Klingon on, on adrenaline? Some some of y'all know what, the, what that reference is, but I want to go through the whole thing. Regardless, this is, uh, so, yeah, was critically hurt. Um, but still kind of kicking around thanks to the, this new member that uh, that has uh, made their way on board Spock's uh, the second in- sec- Spock who is the second in command is kind of in charge but he's kind of uh, narrating his thoughts about what's going on you know or things that are going on they're still trying to make their way to uh, the Day of Blood stuff um, and in that they're trying to they're the main ones that's been trying to uh, track down uh, Kayless's ship because he's the one kind of going around killing the god type characters in the universe, uh, and of course there's this red path uh, uh, cult that's uh, that's kind of uh, following him, and the plot thickens because it, 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 we found out in this issue that it's not just a Klingon uh, thing; might have some Romulans involved, uh, or at least Romulan Romulan tech that is involved, um, but also, you know. Um, I guess uh, other species but regardless uh and because of the whole the connection as um as uh, well I I'll save that for for clicks of the week but um we definitely do get a call back to uh to a TNG character um that comes into play that who's kind of been alluded to this whole time um, and also there's some ship stuff where, cause you know, a couple of characters still got beef and lore is kind of kicking around and that's not, that's kind of causing Worf a little bit of a, a headache for slightly obvious reasons, but they brought him on board. So, you know, their fault. Next up, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, The Dog of War, number three. Um, I'm going to put this particular variant cover with Jadzia and Worf, cause it's cute. Um... Written by Mark Chain, Chin, excuse me, art by Angel Hernandez, and colors by Nick Filardi, and letters by Neil Yotake. So the, the DS9 crew uh are pretty much giving a going-away party for a dog. Uh however, this dog, um, granted, quite rare dog in, in this universe uh at this particular time frame, you know, I guess it makes some sense but this is a give this is continues to still give me a weird um uh um oh shoot uh what a cowboy bebop kind of uh uh um vibe here because of the 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 uh the dog in question but uh quark um also with quark's dealings that ends up coming coming out because of some other things that are that are on the station that uh, that are happening, that kind of comes to bear here, dealing with some Borg tech that kind of came along with that um, that dog and the Federation trying to use it, and some other people wanting it and information, and also some Mass Effect stuff. If you if you know anything about certain parts of Mass Effect, you'll kind of get a, a little bit of vibe of that in this particular issue. Um, there's a nice little uh, it's a, actually. A, a couple of easter eggs one that uh, may possibly be also from uh, the mass effect universe if you have played the game but also from star trek fandom um that was nice to see because um yeah you know, there is a person that mentioned this that has now been canonized in the star trek universe who you know who is uh aligned with the phantom let's just say it, uh so that's pretty cool i i uh I call the people some people that are involved black market Peta, which that's some of that in there, so it's kind of weird. And it also feels like this book is kind of leading up to some of the events of uh, Star Trek Picard season three, with some of the things that are talking about. So it's kind of weird on that. But I don't know if don't know if that's the case because this is again set back in the time of DS nine. So, but yeah, otherwise that pretty good book, still. Um... And the crew kind of sets up um a a rescue mission that you could almost see the slow-motion walk uh happening at the end of the book, which is which is kind of amusing. Alright, next book. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Street Fighter, number one of five from IDW, which is written by Paul Allure, um art by Ariel Me- Metal. I don't know if that might have been a typo. Colors by Sarah Myers, as I try to um uh, hang on as I try to see if that's right. Um, and letters by Ed Dukeshire. So yet another crossover for the turtles. And I said on Twitter like this is pretty much checking off checkboxing, <laughs> check checking off the box. Yeah, medel So okay, that's right. Um, Another checkbox crossover for the turtles, and they don't have that many left that they haven't crossover of um, franchises that they haven't crossover with. I'm thinking My Little Ponies probably next, Transformers, GI Joe, and I just found out there was a fanfic for the GI Joe uh, ten, mute, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover, so that's weird in itself. But the crux of this is that there is a tournament that's being held, and the Street Fighters and the Turtles are there competing against uh, against themselves and others. Or, yeah, against other people. Um, now, if you know about these, anything about two, these uh, two groups and the fact that there's a, term a term tournament that's involved, you can kind of get the sense that you kind of know who's behind it and possibly why. And that's all I pretty much need to say about that. Although, there was a, a, a couple of uh, um, using fights. Uh, one between Guile and Raphael. And the other one between Mikey and uh, Chun-Li. Uh the last of which ended kind of humorously. Um and understandably I would say. <laughs> so. But yeah, this is, this is a um it was a it was a cool read. I don't know where this is where ultimately this is going or is gonna stay straight to what I what you think is going to be. But hey. There it is if you're a fan of those franchises. Just in time for Street Fighter Six to be out, uh, uh, even though this is not set in that time frame. But we'll get to that later on. Uh, Steelworks number one from DC, which I know I forgot some. I forgot to read um, Star, uh, Shazam. Uh, let's see. Hang on for a second. Here we go. Steelworks number one of six. Uh, speaking of Star Trek, this is written by one Michael Dorn, aka Worf, aka actually I totally forgot about this. He voiced Steel in I believe Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Um, the the animated series, or if I'm not mistaken, I should have to go back and check that out because it it, it definitely says on the cover cover that he voiced Steel. So, um, but I can't remember if if that was the case or not. It was something else. But is art by Sam Basri, colors by Andrew Dalhouse, and letters by Rob Lee. So, um, John Henry Irons uh, is pretty much. Trying to become the damage control slash, I don't want to say Tony Stark, but there's kind of some of that there. Now, granted, he's already had his tech uh, already out there, but um, he's kind of got this thing in his head that was like, "Well, Metromidas needs to be able to defend itself," you know, um, despite the fact that um, there are a bunch of super supermen's and women's, including himself, running around. But he basically wants to try to get something off the ground. It was like, no, here's a good power source, and here's a way for Metropolis to defend itself without having to rely on the Supermen's uh, to uh, to help protect them. And I think he's trying to also hang up the steel tights or metal, whatever, at the same time. Uh, but if things are going the way they seem to be going, with a looks to be an ex, um, a disgruntled ex co-worker uh from his old company and some other almost less luther-like folks trying to incite some uh, issues that might not be so easy for him to do so yeah um but yeah it's um interesting because i don't think i've um i don't know what else um Marco Dorn has written uh, i'm sure there's probably a star trek book or some other stuff that he's done that i'm just not familiar with but i think this is the first one that i've seen comic book wise uh, of him so i definitely wanted to check it out plus you know i have slums like um familiar with the character of steel but um check it out if you wish uh star wars number 35 i read a lot of books folks sorry about this uh, written by charles sold art by madabek Muzabekov. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And letters by uh, VCs Clayton Cowles. So uh, Luke's got some help from this uh, lovely young lady named Greta. uh, Who takes him to this doctor. Who is an expert in kyber crystals named Quada, And who's a little bit eccentric. But you know he seems to be doing some stuff. And uh, Luke gets a much leaded uh, lesson on... uh, a lightsaber tech let's just say but he's also called to um, to do a couple of things or do a thing for the doctor that has to do with uh, kyber crystals and I think in elsewhere in the Star Trek universe we have seen this uh, s- seen some things uh, going on with what the doctor wants him to do which uh, has Luke taking a couple of trips to the dark and light sides of the force um, and him being a slight pain in the neck when he doesn't realize it was his fault for something that he was complaining about while he was on this trip, but nevertheless, you know, uh, he kind of gets what he wants for now, and uh, we also kind of get to see where something's eventually going to happen um, with uh, with his next lightsaber whenever that happens. Uh, next book, speaking of. Um, Jedi training Star Wars Yoda number eight, written by Mark Guggenheim, uh, art by Alessandro Miracolo, colors by Um, uh, Annalisa Leone, and letters by BC's Joe Caramagna. So, this is back, uh, in the uh, time of uh, Clone Wars, uh, we see uh, Yoda and Anakin uh, raid a separatist base. Because they got wind of um, some new uh, droids, as I look at my notes, called um, Megadroids that uh, they're they trying to stop. And as I look at my notes again, we can cue Admiral Agbar because it ends up being. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> there you go. But, of course, being two capable Jedis uh, of their worth while taking some losses still end up going on with the mission. Um, and some impressions end up happening, which is weird. Next up, Star Wars Return of the Jedi uh, Empire Number 1 is the next book. If the name uh, sounds, anything, uh, sounds uh, familiar to you, yes, this takes place during the time before Return of the Jedi um, and is written by Jody Hauser with art by Jethro Morales, uh, colors by D. Quinniff and letters by VCs. I have no idea who's doing this because I didn't apparently write that down. Pardon me a moment, folks. But while that's coming up, basically it's like this. Um, we pretty much get to see that's not the right one um, I guess the tagline is here is what if the Empire took, took took over because we finally get the story of those civilian contractors that the Death star used um, or at least one uh, uh, con- contractor that the the, uh, the death star used uh, in its employ because of the fact of um, uh the empire took over this one family's uh, uh contractor and they hired uh one of the the uh members to do some stuff on Endor. uh and we pretty much get to see what that uh what that contractor gets into which you know as one would um one would suspect doesn't go all the way well for this particular character and uh, we may also possibly see a little bit of uh, a familiar Andor setting at the end of it, which may or may not factor into everything I just said. So, I think this was a one-shot issue. I'm not sure. There might be, um, I think this is one of those one-shot issues because it's the 40th anniversary of um, Return of the Jedi. Uh, yes. So, I don't think there's going to be any more to this because this seemed to just end. Um Uh, With with uh, whatever happens, and that, folks, are all of my books clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. So we did get one uh, from Dirt, which I guess we just shouldn't be surprised. Uh, And also, I believe it was the only book that he read. Star Trek: Defiant, number four actually, he didn't say that it was the only book that he read, but he basically did call out the fact that the that this issue was the a, a thing because he says uh, there's a new issue of Star Trek Defiant this week with yet another callback character returning, which I was also what I alluded to earlier. Uh, so there is that. Do you have yours while I pull up this um, cover?
0: I'm. I can discuss what I'm. What I'm. Leaning towards what my can- what my candidates are. Okay. So I can definitely say that Ambassador's number six was a, a pleasant surprise, because it did not proceed the way I thought it would. It did not leave us on that kind of cliffhanger. A you know like a uh, fast tended, right? Hmm. Thank goodness. Uh, you know, and you know, I was kind of I was kind of glad. Um, not even a, a cliffhanger the way. Uh, across the spider verse left us. So I'm glad for that. So Ambassador's number 6 is definitely a contender. I did enjoy reading Immortal X-Men number 12. It is well done despite the fact that it you know it's so frustrating to see how long this this ploy against the X-Men uh, using using Colossus has been going on and to see it, you know, start to come to fruition, you know, and, and, and poor Peter not being able to do anything about it. Uh, that was actually really well done. Um, X-Men number 23 wasn't bad either. It was a lot, there was lots of action in it. Uh, but I think, I, I think I'm between immortal X-Men number 12 and ambassadors number six. So I have. Do you have yours
1: yet? Because I'm still kind of weighing the two. Uh, no, but I can just kind of discuss. Um, I can to sort of discuss mine real quick. So Star Trek defiant definitely was a, was a was a, um, a decent one. Steelworks number one actually has me uh, um curious about where this is going and what's uh, uh what they're trying to uh, do in this book. So, um, there was also a point in this book where, um, uh, John was talking to his niece and, uh, was talking about a discussion with the supers that, uh, um, that's, I don't know how that's going to go, but, you know, uh, I assume that's going to happen somewhere in, uh, in this book. Um, oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Street Fighter number one is also, uh, quite amusing in fact i'm thinking well that and yoda actually were were pretty good uh so i i I feel like i had a couple of uh, gems in in this week's uh lot but i think i am actually going to go with uh teenage mutant Turtles versus street fighter number one of five
0: (laughs) what a title
1: yeah 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 what a concept Look, the turtles, I, like I said earlier, there was a, the, the turtles have had crossovers with almost everybody and they, they only have so many left <laughs> to do right. before they pretty much hit every franchise. This one right. was probably yeah. one that was expected though cuz like it makes sense.
0: Right, what I was going to say is I don't know, like I was listening to what you said, did you mention kind of imagining what this would look like in video game uh like in a video game like seeing them like in a Street Fighter style video game like versus each other
1: I feel like you don't I we probably don't have to imagine that but yes I can imagine it but it depends on what what, uh, what tech they'd use if they use Street Fighter tech then I could definitely see it I mean it, there was a or it
0: could be turtles in time tech you know like well uh, that's turtles Konami. In time style. right
1: i thought about that too as beat him up style so that could very be because or it could be like injustice style which i wouldn't mind that either but i don't think i don't know looks like capcom is already doing street fighter so if they were going to do this it would probably right. be in the, uh, the street fighter engine which you know what yeah. six is out now so if they happen to bring you know i know i don't I know of the the characters they're bringing in for the next year, but if they happen to bring in the turtles, that would be some funny shit. That would be funny.
0: All right. So let me uh bite the bullet here and just say that my click of the week is Ambassador's number six of six from Image. Kind of figure.
1: But kind
0: of Immortal true. X-Men was good. You know, when Roddy Cat reads it, he'll understand why it was a close second.
1: Yeah, I I had intended to read it, but it was like, shoot, do I need to? Because like like I said with X Men, i was like, yeah, I need to go back. I had to go back and read a couple of issues to kind of pick back up the thread. Um, right, especially post sins of sinister, or even
0: pre sins of sins of sinister. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, let's see. Right. Motor, I think I was kind of keeping up with before, but yeah, definitely since um, because of sins of sinister. So. Right, but Sins of go? Sinister, I
0: was going to say, the the, uh, the effects of Sins of Sinister are actually still being felt in the pages of Immortal X-Men. Right. So in, it's, in any event, uh, we are going to move on to the next portion of our show. But first, an ad read for Blue Apron. Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always ship free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order blue apron through cspn.us do it today and now we get into
1: the news and we get into cinematic news as i move this out of the way um excuse me we start off with folks the, like I said this well I said this before the show but the, this is a weirdly light week on actual news because there's a bunch of rumors and reports going on here so bear with me bear with us Uh the brave and the bold reportedly taps the flash director so Andy Machete uh, director of the flash may possibly be directing a uh the brave and the bold movie which is Batman and Robin which will be a Batman and Robin movie and not like, you know, Green Arrow and The Flash or whoever. So, again, this comes from some rumor site that I have no idea about, but it was like, eh, okay. The, the Flash is going to be the thing. We'll talk about that uh, later in the show. But next up. I mean... But I ain't one the
0: so you ain't heard that from me. <laughs> if it's exactly. all rumor. Blue Beetle promo introduces Becky G as Kaji Da, the voice of the Scarab. So on the film's official Instagram, Becky G announced that she has joined the Blue Beetle fam familia as the voice of Kaji Da, the alien Scarab that bonds with Jaime Reyes, played by Zolo Maraduena, and gives him superpowers. The announcement is followed by a new promo for Blue Beetle, which highlights the dynamic between Jaime and the Scarab.
1: Right, so if anybody's keeping track, I believe that means that Becky G has now been uh in the DC universe and a Power Ranger. As well as whatever I guess.
0: And my response to the news of Becky G is Who?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that is the only reason why I even know that name is because of the Power Ranger moves, which I still haven't seen actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. So Anywho's um. Speaking of the Batman, the Batman Two has rumored, uh, has Two Face rumored, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much that. So they are potentially casting Two Face in the Batman Part Two, as this article says could come down to the flip of a coin. Boo. Uh, but yeah, Matt Reeves returning to direct uh patterson's still back in the cowl looks like um 2024 is when they're going to start um start uh filming and uh, let's see it's uh they're reportedly eyeing two actors for the role of harvey Dent: josh hartnett and joel edgerton uh so i guess uncle owen is on the seat (laughs) um it's, uh, but yeah, this was revealed on some podcast, so, um, okay. Next up. All
0: righty, so are you ready to save the world with Totally Spies? Who? <laughs> if so, then you better get ready. After a long stint away, the animated spy series is getting ready for its comeback. Why? A revival of the is in the works, and a new poster showing off Totally Spies' leads is bringing the gang back together. I mean... Who? So... Apparently they look adorable with the new art style.
1: Look, there are some... I'm looking
0: for... I'm looking for any more news on when. But I guess there is
1: no when. Yeah. um, Look, there are some 90s kids that are flipping their shit right now. Okay. So, you know, that's for them. But speaking of said 90s kids... uh, Adult Swim adds Ed, Ed, and Eddie Dexter's Lab... And more as a part of a new throwback block. Which... And not I mean, okay, yeah. Um, last it says here last month, Adult Swim expanded its daily uh, programming by one hour. Uh, deadline reports that uh, this move has been proven to be a success. That one of Brothers Discovery is giving Adult Swim another extra hour in two months. And uh, when that happens, the, the the new block is going to be called Checkered Past, a reference to Cartoon Network's iconic checkerboard logo. Sure, uh, it'll consist of. Consist of and This article says it, but okay. Classic, I'm using air quotes, shows that no longer uh, regularly air on Cartoon Network proper, such as Ed, Ed and Eddie, Dexter's Lab, Courage the Cowardly Dog, and The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Uh, Adult Swim's Checker Pass will replace a of rotation of curtain uh, of current Cartoon Network shows like Teen Titans Go. So, again, Nineties kids flipping their shit again. I'm sure. Uh, and this was going to start on August twenty eighth, by the way. So, look out for that, I guess. Next up.
0: All right. So, uh, Spider Punk's chaotic look had to break across the Spider versus animation rules. So, um, an animator descri- you know goes into some depth and detail about uh, you know how the look was uh created and adapted from the comics and into this uh animation and how it you know it's just super different because apparently the jacket is animated at a different frame rate and it's just there's a lot of different things going on with Hobie, with the this version of hobie brown
1: yeah but hey it all came together so good stuff um hey folks you may or may not have been aware of this but um Apparently, Artistical Isaac has made uh, Marvel history and I guess Disney history, also, if you if you add his uh, Star Wars uh, stuff. But um, Marvel history with across his Spider Verse role. So, uh, per the direct, I guess, it kind of recounts all of his roles. Uh, he was apocalypse and X Men apocalypse, uh, Moon Knight, of course, and uh, also, of course, Spider Man 2099 and Spider Man uh, across the uh, Spider Verse, which I if I have not said this joke before and I think I did, he could do the Spider-Man move, uh, meanwhile by himself. So, yeah. And this also, this article also goes on to recount, uh, other actors who have taken multiple roles in with Marvel characters. So, uh, there you go. Next up. All righty. Uh,
0: Edward James Almost is guest starring as Molecule Man in season two of Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. That's pretty cool. He's in the first episode of season. Two. Wait, is this on out now?
1: Uh, no, because um, I think the the rest of season one just came out like a few weeks oh, okay. ago. So I, uh, well, let me phrase it as far as I know, it's not. But I know season one is pretty much all out there at this point gotcha 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 so and i don't know if you looked at it but this is a, definitely not the the molecule man the look of the molecule man that we know of. but I yeah know they that have does talked,
0: not look like the owen reese i know
1: yeah they have taken some liberties with for, for, for certain characters because there is another uh character that is uh voiced by uh laurence fishburne that shows up uh partway through season one that's doesn't have the uh the, the look we would know from from that from the character so but hey that shows um neat kind of fun um yeah captain america 4 title change confirmed by anthony Mackey. i so i had this article and i was like he could have been mistaken and i don't know if this is true or not but the um, places have gone with it so base it seems that um um from insta from uh, anthony mackie's instagram he has a picture of him in his uh cap suit talking to one harrison ford looking at the dailies looks like um uh and it's captioned when harrison ford tells you how kicking ass should look you listen lol thanks uh for the onset wisdom and laughs my friend can't wait to do it again marvel studios captain america brave new world um in theaters may 3rd twenty four. but I, I said all that to say that, yeah, he, while it sounded like he was mistaken, if you're watching the video version of this, you can see the uh the the image for yourself and the chairs, um uh, the 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 uh the movie chairs, which also have the logo for the name change. So it's apparently legit. We don't know why they're changing the name and according to the Sarko Marvel Studios hadn't explained the name change, but I you know. Oh, well, this article goes into speculation, which we won't go into. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious myself. Next up.
0: In an interview with GQ magazine, Chris Hemsworth revealed that even his children's friends had much to say about the 2022 uh, movie Thor Love and Thunder when it was released. Apparently, a bunch of eight-year-olds critiqued his film and they thought that uh, Love and Thunder had too much humor The action was cool, but the VFX weren't as good, and he cringed and laughed equally at it, uh, the actor stated. He went on to admit that he and the creative team behind Love and Thunder got carried away with certain aspects of the film, such as its disparate tone. He says, quote, I think we just had too much fun. It just became too silly. It's always hard being in the center of it and having any real perspectives. I love the process. It's always a ride, but you just don't know how people are going to respond i think that's probably fair especially coming from him after a year you know uh
1: apart from the film first of all he took that check second of all i mean sure partly but also it's not like the the movie previously does was not equally as silly maybe you know no it was equally as silly i am not gonna say that so um they just kind of took that and kind of kept, kept going with it.
0: Right. And I can understand why they wanted to keep it light. You know what? Part of me I understood why they wanted to keep it light. But there are certain mm-hmm. aspects of the movie that needed to be serious. They needed to sprinkle more serious and, 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 and keep the, the humor there just enough so that it doesn't get too dark. Mm-hmm. You know, as sure. opposed to the other way around.
1: But, you know, hey, when you get that check after that check cash, you can say anything you want.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's another way to look at it. I feel like he's, you know, he's got he's had the the, the chance to to look back on it, you know. And like I said, sometimes the children can be the harshest critics and the most true critics.
1: Yeah, sure. That's true. Gargoyle's creator says Disney didn't want its name on the show. Uh, According to co-creator Greg Wiseman, who recalls Disney's reluctance to include the name on uh, the the, uh, animated series title card, which. Sure, uh, he responded on Twitter about this. I won't go into um, uh, what he says about it. But hey, if you're interested, uh, you either already have seen it or you're watching the video version (laughs) or you can read it in the show notes. Next up. righty. next up, uh, Ahsoka has an official
0: premiere date. So uh, that's going come. That's coming out on August twenty third. It's not far from now. Mm-hmm. Disney just announced.
1: Yeah, can't wait. Uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beast reveals final trailer. Um, I have not watched it. Uh, have not seen the movie because it's out today. Um, yep as of the date of this recording yep so but hey actually i think i might have seen another Think about it because uh if it's one of those if it's the tv spot that i saw earlier i probably did see it regardless hey that movie doesn't look terrible i may actually watch it at some point and let you know next up there is a report that a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles
0: show following the events of Mutant Mayhem is reportedly in the works. According to CineLinks, a new TMNT animated series is in the works for Paramount Plus with Seth Rogen on board as a producer. The series will reportedly follow the events of the upcoming animated film. And uh, the report has not been officially confirmed by Paramount or by Viacom CBS.
1: But also in other news water is wet mm-hmm. uh, this news comes from right before the show from Agent 70 uh, who uh, caught the fact that Vin Diesel announced Fast and Furious' release date uh, it will arrive in theaters April 2025 so actually April 4th 2025 to be specific unless unless it moves so there you go buckle up folks it's coming Next up. Netflix's Avatar
0: The Last Airbender star shared a first peek at Roku.
1: Not the video service? <laughs> uh, no, not the streaming service. It's the streaming sure. box.
0: Uh, <laughs> so it is a special bender. And uh, so CS Lee took to social media earlier this week to share the sneak peek with fans. And people are apparently kicking out.
1: And you know what my response is? Who? no You should watch Avatar. You will know who Roku, would know who Roku is. But for those who, who
0: now that's comedy.
1: I'm just saying. Look, <laughs> it is anime influence, and it's a good story. You should, and it's only three seasons, so um, unless you go watch Korra, but you know but y'all you know what avatar folks know who roku is so i don't have to say but you know what a big deal that is anime corner has... uh anime expo screens u.s premiere for new rurouni R- 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 kenshin anime uh which i think is called rascal does not dream of a sister venturing out wait hold on no this does a different thing sorry uh i was like i thought that was the name of it that's ridiculous but um apparently july of 2023 is when the new uh rooney kenshin anime is going to uh come out uh i don't know if the create. well i'm assuming the creator is going to get something about um if i'm not mistaken that's the same creator who has had some um outside of problems, I guess, uh, they the say. But nevertheless, you know, uh, we'll, 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 I guess we'll find out more as the time goes by. Uh, apparently, uh, there was a U.S. premiere for Rascal Does Not... Uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of a Sister Venturing Out movie, which has nothing to do with um, Rooney R- R- Kynchon, but based off of a light novel. And that's coming July uh i guess talk about that is coming july 3rd uh during anime expo so uh, and some other aniplex of america stuff including some uh, a demon slayer panel um Mashable magic Ma- magic and muscles events and a couple of other things that are going to come up about. so if there's any news from it we'll let y'all know next up it check all righty uh so we're moving
0: on into manga sure
1: is there manga ds there is not really but it's it's it's, it's anime related so keep it pushing all righty uh
0: To celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Serial Experiments Lane anime series, Layer 3301 Decipher, an alternate reality game ARG, is scheduled for release in response to enthusiastic requests from fans. Prior to the release, a special website for the mystery-solving game opened. Okay. So, the TV anime Serial Experiments Lane was aired for 13 episodes from July to September
1: 1998. Okay. I would be curious i don't know if you would like lane but i would be curious to see what you thought about it if i could find it uh, and i think i wouldn't say it's probably it's, it's, it's out there somewhere um but that's a weird one and it might be a little slow to start or it might be if i remember correctly a little slow period but nevertheless uh we're going into comic book news So we got a bunch of previews uh, to, to, to start us off, because like I said, news was kind of slow this week. Uh, but we got a first look at Rivers of London, Here Be Dragons from Titan Comics, um, which is coming out July 12th, 2023. Uh, Rivers of London is the series that's pretty much like, um, I guess if I were to shortcut this, in a magic James Bond, let's just say, type situation going on there. That's a, that is a from writer Aaron, uh, uh, Ben Aronovich, which this is a series of novels and Andrew Cartmel, um, who are joined by some other people too, for this, uh, for this book. So if you, if you know about that series and enjoy it, um, be on the lookout for that, but here's some preview pages. Next up.
0: I was reading one of the clickbait stories. Apparently you can
1: watch the original beast King go lion on Crunchyroll now. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, that was gonna, uh, but I forgot to before we went into the manga stuff. But yes. Wow. hmm Because and what brought that up was as a matter of fact. We'll go back to we'll go back to that right now. But yeah, the, I there's there's uh, some some classic manga that uh, classic anime mecha uh, anime that you can that's apparently out there somewhere, including Gunbuster, which uh, kind of got me on the hunt. Uh which found, which led me to this article basically. So yeah, and Gao and Gai Gar uh, also was one that I've heard of but never watched. But Gunbuster uh, and excuse me, Beast King Lion, Although, you know, we know what Beast King Gold is. Uh and Gold Lion is out there on Crunchyroll, so you, it's not like you can't watch that. Um But that's been out there. Uh, so so um but yeah that's basically another version of, of voltron it's, i want to say it is the original it's the original cut right yeah. it's the original cut of voltron before they recut it for american audiences right which so. there's a, a couple of, of of those include but this is like the the first one so yeah but yeah if you uh, want to check out go lion aka voltron uh, in its uh original form it's out there on crunchyroll been out there for a while actually gunbuster right. again was like I said was the one that kind of led me to this and I, I had heard of it uh but had never watched it so and now i think that's about to get a blu-ray release so but all that is in in the uh section if you uh, are so interested so yeah all right before
0: i hit the next story i will hit the next
1: story don't worry yeah, yeah, yeah. i
0: wanted to make <laughs> make note that in uh, i think it was yesterday's new york times there was an article about – or two days ago, and, and it looks like they updated it. There's an, uh, there an article that the creators of, of South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, have basically uh, you know, basically bought the original Casa Bonita that was kind of memorialized in a South Park episode. La Casa Bonita. Do you remember that?
1: No, because I didn't watch but, a lot of uh, – No? I didn't watch uh, a lot of
0: Well, that, that's a real place. It's a real restaurant. And apparently, they they bought it, renovated, it, and apparently they've redone it. And it's a, you know, and, and it's an incredible um, uh, restoration and, and and enhancement. You know, it's kind of like a, a retro mod, right? It's a, a you know for people who are uh, into the the car scene or like classic car scenes, retro mod is you know a retro car that's been modernized. And that's what this is. This is a retro mod because uh, they brought things up to date. And obviously, up to code. So um, it's inter- the, the article is interesting. I'm still kind of making my way through it, but I just thought I'd drop that during the animation, maybe not anime part of the show. But following on the uh, actual news, we have now a first look at Void Rivals number one as being published as published by Skybound, and Void Rivals number one uh, is uh, a new. Book. it's let's see it's from the team of Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo Di Felizzi along with colorist Matthew Mateus Lopez and letterer Russ Wooten I'm looking for release date it'll be on simultaneously in comic book shops and digital platforms on Wednesday June 14th that's next week Mm mm-hmm
1: uh, yeah, some of these are, are soon if, or this week, actually. Like this next one. First look at Fence Redemption number 1 from Boom Studios, which I think came out this week. Um, uh, it is a four-issue limited series from Glad Media Award-nominated sports comic. Um, excuse me, from USA. The best-selling author, wow. C.S. Um uh, uh, acclaimed cartoonist Johanna the Mad, colorist joanna Lafuente fuente and letterer uh, jim Car- campbell and as i said um the reason why i put this one there is because this seems anime but it it, uh, it is not because it basically says return to the thriller world high-stakes competitive fencing with the next exciting chapter of fence featuring the beloved cast of the original hit series which i did not know there was for one also fence redemption should have uh, i should have thought thought about that because re- um leverage redemption But hey, go figure. Next up Image Comics
0: has released multiple eye popping covers as well as interior pages for Bone Orchard Tenement number one. So this is from the Eisner Award-winning creative team behind Gideon Falls, Primordial, The Passageway, and 10,000 Black Feathers, Jeff Lemire, and Andrea Sorrentino comes the biggest and most essential project yet in the bold and ambitious new shared horror universe of the Bone Orchard mythos titled Tenement. Uh let's see here publish date tenement number one will be available at comic book shops on Wednesday June 21st that is two weeks from now
1: mm-hmm. Uh let's see get up we have a preview here for uh, new talent showcase the milestone initiative for number one which I think came out this week but we did not get a copy of it um But it says here, May of 2022, 12 writers and 12 artists came to DC headquarters to own their skills with some of the best comic creators in the business. One year later, we're showing off the the results of the cohort's um, hard work. So, there's 12 stories uh, out of the Ally-sponsored Milestone Initiative. Uh, And I believe we got uh, some preview pages here if you want to check that out. Yes, we do. And I believe that also, again, that came out this week. So you should be able to find it next up earlier today. The date of this
0: recording and broadcast select retailers were invited to the ultimate invasion virtual conference where writer, Jonathan Hickman, artist, Brian Hitch and Marvel editor-in-chief CB Sibolsky laid out the plans for a new uh, ultimate universe (laughs) that will spin out of the pages of the ultimate invasion series. So I'm not going to spoil what happens, but essentially after some stuff that happens in the series, um, a group of Marvel's heroes are caught in a war between timelines as universes collide. The foundation of a new line of Ultimate Comics will be built. mcu This November, Marvel is proud to present... Only Marvel is proud to present. Ultimate Universe number one, a one-shot written by Jonathan Hickman and drawn by Stefano Caselli with a cover by Brian Hitch. The story will introduce readers to this new line that will be home to the to an array of brand new, quote hard hitting series. A fresh start for a new generation. Prepare to see your favorite characters redefined for today's world. Stay tuned in the coming months for more information. Blah blah blah. So yeah. So again, I- hold on, hold on. The one thing I will say. I'm a bit too old for this shit.
1: So as as Agent Seventy has joked, yeah, this is, well, this is not just any MCU vacation. This is pretty much how, where the 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 uh, MCU came about from the the original uh, uh, Ultimate's universe, as Agent Seventy knows. Uh, the fact that they're going back to this and bringing this back is kind of weird. I thought it was like just some anniversary thing that they were doing for this year, but I did not know that they were actually bringing back the universe, which. There's been a unit, uh, an ultimate character kind of been doing that for the last while, so I guess that makes sense. Um, and I guess the save the of save this, at least is Hickman doing this. Yeah. Twitch. Yeah. Wait, was it was it was it Hickman Hickman originally, or was it Bendis? Yep. I know Bendis was no. on Spider Man. Right,
0: Bendis was on Spider Man Miller.
1: Was doing yes, uh, Mark Miller yes was did the Vask right so, uh, but yeah so it ought to be you know we we like Hickman stuff you, you know Mumbo Jumbo and all so I suspect it's going to be all right they better not put Miles back in this universe that's all I'm saying no
0: it's I you know what I think at the end of the day he may not be back in the universe but he may be central to the MCUification as oh, they totally. try to move away from Peter
1: well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as the one character from the that originally from that universe, sure, that makes some sense, right? And I think I think that's where this is all going to go.
0: You know, we're going to see the roots for the future of the MCU take place in uh, this new ultimate corner of the Marvel universe. That's my
1: guess. Yeah, I don't know about the uh, the, the uh, yeah the the Peter part about it, but yeah, the, it, but it still makes sense though. So.
0: Uh, no, because at the end of the day, you know what I was going to say is at the end of the day, you know, just 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 as a quick aside, you know, uh, as much as as much as I love Tom Holland's portrayal of Peter Parker, the other side of the coin is that he has had several films, and eventually they're going to do Miles, and they may very well bring Miles into the MCU if they execute a new deal, the way they did with. Uh, you know between Sony and Marvel Studios,
1: right? And you we've know been seeing
0: Sony may not want to, honestly, may not want to. But the 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 counter argument would be they can do Spidey animated. They can't seem to do Spidey live action.
1: And they definitely have been on both accounts. Uh, so, but you, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would be that would be the
0: that would be the reasoning behind a new D a new a new agreement between the two studios to share, um, the responsibilities and the, and the rights, uh, for, uh, miles live screen debut.
1: Yeah. And we already talked last week about the, 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 you know, there's, there is looking to be a, a live action miles in the future, according to, uh, spider versus, um, one of spider versus producers. But, um, anyway, take this take the next one. Hold on. Oh, you want me to take the Predator one?
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. One second. Because I already had the one after that queued up.
1: Yeah, no, we, we, uh, we switched.
0: It's all right. No. The Predator enters the Marvel Universe as Benjamin Percy pits two of pop culture's deadliest hunters against each other in Predator versus Wolverine this September. So uh, this is coming out in a four-issued limited series, again, written by Ben Percy, with art by uh, (laughs) Greg Land, Andrea DeVito, Ken Lashley, Keizama, and many more. The series will reveal a bitter rivalry between Wolverine and a Yautja who's been stalking him since his earliest days. Okay, that's over four issues. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. Well, we know why, because they got the license, so they're going to play it up. So why wasn't this called WVP? I don't know. <laughs> you know you know, there's going to be another AVP coming. There's got to be at some point. But yeah. news. Um, here's where we're starting and it's probably going to be Aliens vs Wolverine at some point also since they also have the license but we'll see. Anyway, the reason why I had uh, Agent 70 take this is because buckle up folks, we got Toy Corner slash Video um, um, video Game Corner that I'm going to take the bulk of uh, Actually I'm going to take all of because it's like four, four things So we start off with, although I probably could have should have had to take this one, but the Marvel's Hasbro reveals a new Marvel Legends series uh, we t- were talking about this before the show. We got a new wave, uh, three figures that, or excuse me, I think four figures that have anything to do with the Marvels uh, movie that is coming up. And the rest don't, including Agent 70, What's the Builder figure?
0: Well, let me tell you that the, <laughs> uh, there are f- three figures, it looks like, that are uh, related, that are straight from the movie. Right. Uh, so we have yes. Captain yes. Marvel, Carol Danvers, right? Uh, the movie version, including costume of Monica Rambo. and uh, Amon Valani, who appeared as Ms. Marvel. Um, that is a, 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 an update of the Ms. Marvel uh, Marvel Legends figure. That is included here, and interestingly, uh, we also get the Fleurkin included in uh, the with the Ms. Marvel uh, figure. The other characters who are uh, included in this wave individually are Commander Rogers, right? Steve Rogers in his um, uh, costume uh, when uh, he was just you know Commander Rogers for a while. With the photonic with the, shield, yeah. yeah, with the photonic shield, this is actually a nice update on the original Commander Rogers figure. This is one of the figures I I, I, I want to get. I don't like the fact that he has that grimace face on him, on, on his face though. That's kind of whack, mm. right? That face sculpt is whack. One I of the cool it. figures that I'm super tempted to get mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I have the extremist Iron Man uh, redo mm-hmm. in my Amazon uh, to be bought cart. It's just waiting for me to, you know, like get around to clicking, you know, add to cart. Uh, this is the heroes reborn armor. It's got, this is this brings back such good memories. This is designed by Sean Chen. This is back when Kurt Busiek was writing uh, Iron Man. This is uh, the heroes return uh, mm-hmm. armor. It's pretty cool. So uh, I have fond memories of that. We have uh, Marvel. Is it Marvel Boy? Yeah, Novar. Marvel. Yeah, Novar Marvel Boy. Uh, that's pretty unremarkable to me but there is one last character in this wave of individual uh, figures and that is Karnak of the Inhumans ah man (laughs) so that means we'll have Karnak, Black Bolt and Medusa still no actual like you know six inch scale lockjaw that's what I
1: really I was about to ask wasn't there a lockjaw there was I don't think it was six
0: inch scale though I don't think I don't so, think it was six inch scale.
1: Right. So, so going back to what real, you were saying, oh, I'm sorry, uh, real the, quick, going back to what you were saying about the face scope, I'm not crazy about the Miss Marvel one. I mean, it kind of looks like uh, um, uh, uh, Iman Vellani, but also the the cheekbones kind of weirdly look jokerish. Yeah, because they, what it is is that they're capturing a
0: certain facial expression and it's awkward. Right. That's the problem with that, is that it's awkward. If they had a second, you know, head for the figure, that would help. Right. I think. Um, The Build-A-Figure, that's the kind of controversial part for myself and Roddy Cat. Because the (laughs) Build-A-Figure is Amadeus Cho as a totally awesome Hulk. Why is this character included in this wave? The only connection the character has with any of the characters in this wave right now is Ms. Marvel, and it's the Mar- it's it's with the comic book version of Ms. Marvel, not with this version. So it's kind of weird.
1: And oh no, they do. I'm about to say they don't even mention it here, but they do. Yeah. So as, as we have discussed in in the past and uh, pre show, like you know a lot of these because I've seen some chatter online. I was like, they like yeah, you know, 40s characters have nothing to do with the with, with the movie. I'm like, yes, that's true. Not the first time, not the last time for these waves, as Agent Seventy even said before the show. Like, yeah, sometimes the waves don't even have a theme, they just throwing throwing figures together, basically. Right. So, you know, they they could they have done something else? Probably. I mean, like, granted, uh, with this particular wave, I'm not sure. Like if they were gonna go the way I think Agent Seventy said it also talking they could have just gone full champions with the rest of the wave. Right. So but they chose not to for whatever reason. Also I mean why is why is Commander Rogers in here? You know what yeah, I mean? Why is why is why is Heroes for Burn Iron Man in here? <laughs> right. Right. You know? Karnak, so. Novar, like come on. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it's very weird. Yeah. You know?
0: I'm like, oh god, I wanna to build totally awesome home. <laughs> That's the problem.
1: Right. However, I just don't want to get some of these figures that you'd have to do it to do it. Mm-hmm. So
0: you wouldn't even be able to sell them. That's what William Bruce West would say.
1: Hmm. You
0: know, just get it and
1: sell them. Flip them. I'm like, who's going to buy that? Somebody who like really likes the Inhumans or the Young Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Strange, strange, strange. Anyway. Pretty much. Next, all right. We're up. going into the uh, video game corner, which I'm going to, again, uh, uh, take away from, take uh, out of uh, Agent 70's hands. Please. Um, so... A new season of Marvel Snap uh, has been released, and with that, a whole bunch of new cards. I believe the, the, uh, the new series is Spider-Verse. Unsurprisingly um, uh, related. And if you're watching the video version, you can see uh, some of the cards that are coming out, uh, or have and are coming out. Uh, soon, like this, because it's June, Ghost Spider, I believe, is the one for the season pass, which you know, Gwen Stacy, um, some other Spider Man characters, including Silk, uh, and 2099, and some other, um, uh, characters are getting variant covers and whatnot. So, yeah, stuff's coming, um, and and, uh, this article says. Kind of win, but we won't need to go through that. Next up, though, Marvel's Avengers coasts uh, towards its end uh, with a final patch that unlocks everything. So, we know that come September 30th, they are ending um, uh, support for Marvel's uh, uh, Square Enix's Marvel Avengers. So, they've been pretty much kind of making their way to that uh, in patches and stuff. So, yeah, there's a Content patch that happened this past March that unlocks unlocks a lot of stuff in the game's marketplace because they basically said, you know what, well, we can't, we're not gonna be able to sell them anymore, so we're just giving them to everybody. And I haven't played that game in so long; I need to go ahead and get that up, get those updates. Um, so yeah, if you have been playing that game but probably haven't in a while, go updating game, uh, update, the, update the game, and get that stuff, uh, of which there's a, a lot of it, cosmetically. Uh, next up, Marvel Spider-Man 2, thanks for, uh, Agent 70 for reminding me of this and mentioning this, Marvel Spider-Man 2 finally has a release date, and that date is October 20th of this year, uh, for the new Insomniac Spider-Man game, which was, the first one was great, uh, and this one is looking to be also great, so, um, I need to finish the first one so I can play, well, the first two and play, so I can play this game which has Peter and Miles teaming up against Craven the Hunter, and there's some Venom shenanigans going on. Uh, last in the video game uh, corner, Bioware to hand off Star Wars MMO to focus on Mass Effect and Dragon Age, according to a report. Uh, it seems that uh, support for uh, Star Wars The Old Republic is going to be given to uh, Ultimate Online and Age Dark Age of Camelot developer Broadsword Online Games Uh this is not that much different from when DC uh, universe online uh, also ended up changing developers. Uh, and I believe that was also a, was that a Sony thing? Uh, no, it was, a I can't remember. regardless, but they ended up, um, changing developers for, for probably similar, similar reasons. Um, so yeah, look forward to that happening at some point. It doesn't say, oh wait, yes it does. Uh, there is development planned, but um, okay. Now to just talk about patches, yeah. So yeah, so that change is going to happen at some point soon. Now we get to the last uh, story of the night. You want me to take it? Oh, you want me? To, you want me to hit this last one? Yes, yeah, I was reading. I was actually
0: reading an interesting article. Oh, okay. I am not plugging the New York Times, but I am, of course, a New Yorker and a subscriber. So, before I hit this last story, I wanted to mention that, um, you know, there's a story in the New York Times about the 14-year-old animator. Oh, shoot. Yes. Who did the, there is a, mild spoiler alert, there is a Lego scene in the, in Across the Spider-Verse. This is a 14-year-old kid, the son of immigrants
1: from Cameroon yes i was I, that was the story i was i saw that and i was going to pull that story and i totally forgot to do that so i'm glad you uh i'm glad you mentioned that i will have that in the show notes uh, after yes. the show
0: like seriously you know you know it's 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 incredibly cool that is yeah. a young man of color a young black man a kid a child of immigrants from africa of course, you know, they are of means. His dad is a medical physicist and his mom is an instructor. Of, uh, I, I just read it. I'm like, wait, so, you know, like, yeah, they built him his computer, right? They built him a, a better computer. I'm like, yeah, that, you know, there is some element there that, you know, uh, it, it does help to have, um, you know, some, some, uh, some, some funds to get into computer animation. But this kid is gifted. And they were able to spot that and nurture that. And that's something that is a, a point that both of his parents make in this article. So it's pretty cool.
1: Right. Also, Canadian, but the, the, not that that has anything to do with the fact except for probably getting a better chance to breathe and live. But, um, <laughs> you mean, wait,
0: you mean where the wildfires are now? I'm kidding. So, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: wait, is it Let's coming start. from
1: Toronto? I mean, yeah, I know it is up, coming from yeah, Canada. From Canada. But, oh,
0: I know, that, Blade but... Canada! Blade, see, this is See, that, that's like lost on Roddy Cat because he doesn't want... He never watched any South Park.
1: True. But, um... Yeah, but yeah. But and and like it, you just it, said, it's a feat in, 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 in glory. And you saw the, uh, you know, if you've seen across the Spider-Verse, you've seen some of the, the fruits of his, uh, this kid's labor.
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly. But at the end... Well, actually, you know what? He's... No, he's... Not in Canada. They're, he was born in Minnesota.
1: Well it says well according to this article I'm looking at, uh it says it's a fourteen year old from Toronto, Canada. So where he's from and where he's at,
0: it's different. Yeah, I was about right. to say that could be different. Right. Right, right, right. He says said, it, said, it says he was born here, born in Minnesota, but whether or not uh he's in Canada now is another story. Right. But in any event, uh last but not least, um the story here is a new Street Fighter miniseries that sets up Street Fighter Six is available on the Street Fighter website for
1: free yeah and it's yep. uh getting a print run as well yeah, I think it's going on now because I noticed the reason why I even noticed that I was like I saw I think issue three that's out right now that's supposedly came out this week. But I've also been seeing stuff about this, which is there's like four issues of this mini series that uh at, I think it's supposed to be a prequel. And it seems to be the same thing, but they're just doing a print run and this at the same time. So I don't know if this I well, from what I've seen from that and the 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 print run and this looks to be the same story. Um but there's just also a charger for it. But if you want to check out what that is, uh, uh, and, you know, hey, Street Fighter 6 is your, is your jam, you might want to check this out if you're a comic book uh, reader. I've only read a couple of pages of this, um, but I've definitely been hitting Street Fighter 6 a good bit. So, um, that's something I just happened kind of to come across la- uh, in the last couple of days. And that, folks, is the end of our news. Can we get one last ad read? Our last ad read of the night is for... Amazon, help us keep our podcast free by shopping
0: at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you amazon.com through cspn.us do it today.
1: All right folks, that brings us to the end of the show, but first before we do, I uh, guess what? We're going on movie protocol yes again. Because Agent 70 is going to go see The Flash movie. I may or may not see it, but I'm not going to day one if I happen to see a copy out there that I can uh, bootleg. I mean, uh review. <laughs> <laughs> Review purposes, uh, then I might check it out. But I am not going to see that movie unless somebody also <laughs> invites me to go see it and pays my ticket, <laughs> which is not going to happen. So, Agent Seventy will likely uh, we will be recording next week, but it will not be on Thursday nights. And Agent Seventy will give his like you know his impressions of uh, said movie.
0: Sure, sure, sure. You know, not too many spoilers because. There are already a lot of potential spoilers out there right now, uh, but I will keep it spoiler light and, you know, let you guys know what we, what I think at least of uh, this, you know, much anticipated movie. I guess that's fair to say
1: by some people. By by, by a lot of people, sure. By some people, sure, sure, sure. I've seen some uh, initial reviews. Uh, Apparently it is doing somewhat well. Or right, review-wise, I guess. Sure. So go figure. Um, but yeah, that'll be next week. Uh, so yeah. That being the case, I have been Radacat. You can find me at Radacat on Twitter, you can find me at News on Sneed Twitter you can find me at caps on Instagram. Agent underscore seven on Twitter and Instagram. <coughs> PC underscore dirt on, on Twitter, Culture Net on Twitter, Popculture is all those umbrella sites there in <coughs> Uh the, the newly rejuvenated Tim Dog uh, 98 on Twitter. Uh, you can find him at that. You can also find him at CB Cron on Twitter. Uh, you could also which is the Come Book Chronicles Twitter account. You can find him at the Click Nation on Twitter, which is the uh, which is you know uh, another site of his uh theclicknation.com. But also you can find him at comebook.com uh, right writing his face off. Timothy Adams, by the way, is the name you should be looking for on that site. You can find this here podcast on the Coastal of Podcast Network at CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this on your podcast, Bruce the place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe
0: and leave us all the five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts.
1: And we thank you anybody who may or may not have been checking us out as we record, and we record every Thursday night at 9.30 ish Eastern Standard Time on the Click Nation's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash the Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. But if Twitch has their way, I'm not sure how long that's going to happen.
0: Uh, Again, hit like and subscribe and hit the notification button so you know when we are on live broadcasting and recording.
1: Alright, folks. Like I said, um, Movie Protocol aside, we will be back next week. Stay tuned to our socials for uh, that uh, bit of information. Uh, This has been the Comic Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace one! Wakanda forever! on your